And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Patrick Mooney. Sahadip Sharma still on a sojourn uh, again. He, he picked a good time to duck out. Uh, <laughs> or did he? So, or did he? I don't know. I mean, it depends on what you're into in terms of uh, <laughs> these discussions. But <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not failing for things to discuss about this Cubs team. They're providing. I wouldn't call it entertainment. I would call it what it's like a perverse oddity spectacle to watch and be like, okay, how much worse can this get? What? You know, how many more times can Frank Schwindel pitch this week? Um, I mean, he's going to be a converted reliever by the end of this season. He's the next Shohei Otani. Uh, So, okay. So that is all to say the Cubs have now lost nine in a row. Uh, We are recording this Thursday morning before the finale of the Padres series. So by the time you're listening to this, they may very well have been swept in four. I don't know that there's great reason to expect a dramatic turnaround. Um, what we want to get into today, I think, in addition to the Caleb Killian start, maybe we'll talk about that last so that there can we can try to formulate an upswing in positivity by the end of the podcast. But I wanted to talk about not just that the Cubs have lost these nine games in a row and not just that they are now a mere half game ahead of the Reds, who started the season 3-22, and and the Cubs now are more or less tied with them in the standings. That's, that's truly remarkable. Uh, but I wanted to talk about how the Cubs uh, are losing a lot of these games. You know, we had gotten into a rhythm of discussing... <laughs> it's so bad. We'd gotten into a rhythm of discussing how the Cubs were losing earlier this year, because, of course, they were losing a lot. But they were competitive. They were in these games, and they were just not quite good enough to win. You know, like, good enough to be in them, not quite good enough to win. And it feels like we have now gotten into a pretty aggressive run of only a handful of competitive games and then a lot of, like, joke games. And I'm just wondering, I think we can talk about why that's happening because there are reasons for it. But I guess more, I'm just wondering, like, does it matter? Does it matter if you are losing a lot of games that you're in or if you're just getting smoked, like in terms of the future, in terms of player development, in terms of whatever, does it matter? I think it does in that this year was about evaluating all these guys and they haven't gotten long looks or maybe the in-depth looks they've wanted on certain guys. But I think that Yankee series in particular, the Padres coming in here this week has really laid bare this idea of like how close the Cubs there are or the kind of like developments that have been 
happening internally on the pitching side. It's kind of like, you know, patting the Cubs on the head. Like, okay, that's nice. You have some multi-inning reliever swingman type. Like, where's the pitching? And, you know, I think that's where everything starts. I think it's where they're going to... We're going to be having the same exact conversations we did heading into last offseason of the Cubs, what, needing to sign two more starters? Like, who who are your building blocks for next season? And, you know, we, we talked about this, I think, even back in spring training because the Cubs are saying this is nothing like 10 years ago. And, Brett, you and I followed that extremely closely. And we knew that there was a lot of really good starting pitching within that really bad team. And there were some pretty big question marks of could they even match that and and they haven't and i think just to have you know just to be this buried uh this early in the season it's it's a it's a reality check for the next time cubs management comes out and talks or ownership of the business side talks about you know, the product in the future it's like this is what you have to remember when they start spinning their positive hopeful messages for the future yeah, I think um, what we're seeing now is um, I, I let me veer off of something we've talked about a lot, which is that to what you're discussing, when the Cubs were coming into the season or into the offseason and then into the season, it was one of these. Well, if a lot of things break right, if you know a lot of these short term decisions were good and if there's some surprising youngsters, et cetera, et cetera, maybe they got a 10, 20 percent chance of competing and. I think what we're seeing now is um, not just that that 10 to 20% didn't manifest. It's that you have to remember on a bell curve, there's that 10 to 20% on the other end, which is where not only is it, uh, it's not just what is expected, which I think this year would have been a not great team. It's, it's terrible. I mean, it is the extreme version of how things could go wrong. Um, I'll I'll go with I'll stick with the results for now. I mean, I think a lot of what we're seeing in terms of things getting really sour lately is the product of, like I said, a not great team that's now overly injured. Um, I think you can mention and discuss the injuries um, without excusing the results. That that's not what this is. It's just hey, when you're missing three fifths of your rotation. When Seiya Suzuki's been out for a month, um, and, and like two, your two big additions in the offseason are both missing huge chunks of time, it's like, yeah, it's going to be a little harder for a already not great team to perform at a decent level. And something we haven't discussed a lot because it was uh, obscured earlier on, the Cubs have had a crap load of injuries in the bullpen, too. I mean, they've had a lot of, like, from before the season, Cody Hoyer, out. Brad Wick out. Those were two very important relievers who were probably going to be good that were out. And so you're already sort of stepping back from there. And then Ethan Roberts was going to be a breakout guy and he gets hurt early on. And um, Edward Alzali gets hurt before the season. I mean, so I think there are a lot of significant injury in issues on this team um, that do factor into the way that they're losing now. I think that is a part of why they are getting smoked so badly right now. But that said, it doesn't really go toward defending any of the decisions that went into this team or to wanting to at least make this a season where you can evaluate and develop. And 
right now, that's what's, I don't know if concerning is too strong a word, but like, I feel like we're not seeing that enough. Um, you know, I've loved some of the things we've seen from Justin Steele. Great. Check that box. Maybe some steps forward to be a three or four or five starting pitcher for next year. Keegan Thompson, a little, little bumpier in terms of checking him out in the rotation. Um, Nick Madrigal, I mean, no idea what's going on there. Nico Horner, yeah, okay, you know, you check that box. But like going on and on through some of these these open questions, concerns, whatever, how you want to phrase it for 2023, I st- I feel like we're not we're not getting information, and the inf- and the returns that we are getting from a lot of guys are not good, and so that concerns me more at this moment than the losses themselves because whatever we had baked a lot of that in mentally or even the extent of the losses because again i think a lot of that is driven by these injury issues it's just that i cannot look at the state of things right now and say i feel as good about 2023 or the chances for 2023 as i could have said three or four months ago and that is alarming no doubt. I go back to something you've said a couple different times or a couple different ways of like heading into next season, the Cubs on paper need to be just a far more credible group than what we've seen. Now, we've seen these last two off seasons of kind of the grab bag approach of veteran guys on, on one year deals, a couple million here, a couple million there uh, after you know, really years of uh, cost-cutting measures and this austerity program. And, like, they won't be able to talk people into, oh, you know, I love, you know, pitcher X, you know, didn't have a great year last year, but we like the peripherals here and he was good four years ago. Or we're just going to kind of bundle the relievers, which won't matter as much if the rotation uh, isn't solid and, you know, I think there was a tone, uh, I don't know if shift is too strong a word, but I think in talking about Nick Madrigal yesterday. I noticed that too. I'm glad you, uh, thank you for bringing this up because I sort of noticed that too. I wrote it, it should be publishing shortly on The Athletic that, you know, the Cubs can't come out and say everything. You kind of have to read between the lines, but yesterday there are these kind of two brief moments of Nick Madrigal saying, you know, yeah, that's the plan, you know, in my mind, you know, I think we'll, you know, as soon as I'm eligible to come off the injured list, I'll be activated. I'd love to jump right back in there. And then David Ross, who goes out of his way almost all the time to kind of deflect pressure off of the player, says, well, we need to get Nick Madrigal right. There's been setbacks here already coming off of what he went through last year and we are in what the middle of june and nick magical has not shown you know what he can be that you trade a craig kimbrell a guy who was under club control for the following season uh you know, a, a lockdown closer, which is like one of the, is it the most valuable commodity at the trade deadline? If not, maybe it's a, a starting pitcher, whatever, but. Let's hope so. Cause uh, David. Ross. Right, <laughs> but there was kind of this, you know, Ross was, Ross didn't say anything 
out of line or anything, you know, too personal, but it was just a direct way of being like, we need to figure out a way to get this guy on the field regularly. And he needs to get his body to a place where he can stay on the field for an extended period of time that he needs to strengthen certain areas so that we can see. And that was like, to me, I didn't even ask the question. Maddie Lee of the Sun Times did just kind of a general update thing on magical. And it really struck a chord with me because I think you are seeing some of these shifts of the Cubs being like, not that they're cutting bait with magical, but I do think there's going to be lots of decisions here. Where it's kind of like, okay, we've, we've seen enough of some of these guys. Yeah, that was, I'm so glad you brought that up because I had forgotten about that. But when I was reading the quotes from Ross, it was the first time I had seen comments from anyone in the organization in relation to magical that sort of, that you could read as hinting towards something we had discussed before when he was struggling, which is, oh, we can't assume that he's just like a locked in guy who's like the, the second baseman, whatever. That was the first time I'd seen something where I could read it as saying, oh, yeah, they are actually thinking about like, no, he's got a lot to prove and whatever it's going to take. I mean, a lot of times these performance related things and health related things are so intertwined that you can't just have the conversation of like, well, he just needs to get healthy. And it's, it's well, he's got to get healthy enough to be able to work on the timing and get the timing right. And um, I feel like in his situation in particular, when, when he had the back issue, so you'll recall before the back issue popped up, we, we at least the, those of us covering the team and fans discussing the team had started to talk about this idea of maybe it's time to think about letting him go take some time at Iowa and, and get on time. Uh, because again, he is not as established in the big leagues as maybe people had talked about him before. If you really look at the amount of time, uh, coming off a major injury, never spent much of any time at all at AAA. Um, so, and he's still young. So it, 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 against that backdrop, it just never would have been crazy to think, oh yeah, he might need a little more time in the upper minors. Um, and then the back injury happened. And so... It, that kind of was off the table. And then he was going out for the rehab assignment. And it's like, oh, well, you know what? This might be a save face, good way for him to spend a nice long time there, get the work in while he's rehabbing the back, but just, you know, whatever. And then I think some other series of injury issues happened. And so he only played like two games and then they brought him right back up. Um, and that was what, three games before this groin issue happened. And so I got the sense from the, the Ross quote or read that way that like, to whatever extent it's injury related, to whatever extent it's whole body related and timing and mechanics, and all that stuff. I've got to believe this time from the organization's perspective, there's more of a, okay, we, we might need to take more time with this, this time. And, and I appreciated that because, uh, yeah, they, it goes to the bigger discussion that we're having. It's that there are still evaluations taking place and, certain things can't be taken for granted if the Cubs are going to be in a better position this offseason than they were in last offseason. There's some color from last night, too, that just made me think of, like, what the Cubs should be and what Wrigley Field should be like. I mean, we saw Alfonso Soriano on the field with his son and uh, their travel baseball team. Uh, somehow Sori had an Armani shirt on, during pregame and there was that hot dad summer shirt which i had to google to make sure it wasn't like an urban dictionary term that we couldn't talk about on air 
I didn't even think about that. It's so it's not. I just never heard before. But then you know you see him on the video board. Robbie Gould, the former uh, Bears kicker, gets huge cheers. You know, just a reminder of like what a sports town this is. And then you know Jennifer Garner in the first row by the on deck circle. I mean, very graciously on her way out. I mean, she kept stopping for selfies with people. As you would even grab the phone, someone would ask her. I'm watching this from the press box, and she'd grab it, take it, and like almost every step of the way. And then finally it was just like a huge group. She's like, let's do one together. Like it's not a good sign when like the bigger celebrities are on the video board or taking selfies with fans in the stands. And like, we all know what Wrigley field is like. I mean, Ian Happ was asked about this last night too, of like, you were here when things were rolling and like, what is this like now? And I think it's, a reminder of like Cubs fans shouldn't be conditioned to this idea of like, you know, just total teardowns every couple of years. And then just, you know, Hey, trust us. You know, we did this once before, you know, we'll get you guys on the back end. Like there are absolutely no guarantees here. And I think that's why they're going to have to go all out this off season to put together a far more credible product. Well, and I think it was in, in an article that you wrote earlier this year that Jed Hoyer himself said the exact way they went about it before probably doesn't work as well in this environment anyway. And so it, I, I understand and, and I deflect from this subject of whether this is a rebuild or whatever, because the nomenclature doesn't really matter to me. It re- really just matters what we see in terms of development this year and then maneuvering this offseason but i do think if we don't see what you just described a really aggressive offseason after a year like this because let's be real this year ain't getting any better in terms of how it feels to follow this team and the nightly aggravation of feeling like it's a joke is not going to improve it is arguably only going to get worse from here so to enter into that offseason it's not just like spending indiscriminately. You know, it isn't like a Phillies offseason where it's like, whatever, someone's available, throw a bunch of money at them and whatever, we'll make it work. But it has to be, like you said, a plan that moves toward a credible looking club on paper in the spring. And so, I don't know. I think the the next, we'll, we'll pin this for now because I want to talk about Killian, but I think the next thing that we might start discussing in this vein come July as trade season approaches is will we see the Cubs gun shy about another Kimbrel for Madrigal and Hoyer type trade, which was designed to be a trade that like helps stave off a deeper rebuild because you're getting two big league pieces back who are young and can contribute right away. And it's been, I wouldn't call it disastrous because Kimbrel himself has had deep, deep struggles since then, but like was that really a better return than getting some more super young prospects to to add to the pile? I don't know that it was. And so I wonder, come this July, if there's going to be any a bit of that gun shyness about taking sort of a, quote, lesser return that's closer to the big leagues for some of these guys so that you can try to compete quicker. Or do you go back to the thing that you've done well, which is at least acquire good on paper prospects that might develop later down the road? I don't know. Uh, so I think, we'll the, get... I think 
what the Cubs would say to that was almost every team is going to take those upper level prospects right, off right. the table anyways. And that Killian, to his credit, I mean, kind of accelerated this timeline, I think, faster than most sure. would have expected. But I think you're on to something there of like, you know, they I guess the Kimbrel return was the kind of you know, major league uh, ready, uh, if not available, because one was injured last year and the other is injured now. But we're seeing how the early returns on that is not particularly promising. Um, we'll see how any of that factors into this year's thinking. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so Caleb Killian, start number two last night. And in terms of uh, results and uh, a lot of the takeaways, couldn't have been more different from his first outing. Um, But I do remind myself um, that because this is a process for a developing young pitcher who, in terms of scouting, and pitch mix and pitch quality, we know has all of the things that you want from a mid-rotation big league starting pitcher. So like that, that provides me some grace in terms of seeing an outing like last night and not panicking because, okay, you know, he's got whatever, it's weird conditions, he's new to the league and he's dealing with maybe a slightly different ball than he's used to. And so when you've got 100% humidity or whatever, maybe, maybe there's fluky stuff like that. Um But setting that aside, I suppose you just hope that being with the big league team to do the work in between starts is what's going to provide a ton of value. Because from the actual start itself, I I don't know. You know, I don't know what extreme value you get out of that outing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Killian has to perform. He's not just guaranteed starts forever and certainly the Cubs will have to make accommodations for Stroman, Smiley and Miley but none of those guys are close to returning um some of them don't even really have clear timelines I mean Stroman for instance as of last night hadn't even picked up a baseball and started throwing since he went on the injured list so this is a window for Killian to work with the coaching staff and get comfortable maybe pick Kyle Hendricks's brain or whatever. It's just really odd for a guy who before some of these enhancements he had made with the Giants and then the Cubs, I mean, he was known as a just a control command guy. Like that was his 
calling card before he had some of these other upticks and velocities and different wrinkles to his games. And it was just, he totally lied. It was not there at all last night. Yeah, that was, um, you know, we like to talk about command and control conceptually, you know, control is your ability to throw strikes and command is your ability to locate certain pitches roughly where you want to. And, um, you know, last night, it wasn't just that he was lacking command. It was a a shocking lack of control. Um, And you could tell, you know, I'm not a scout. I watch a lot of baseball, but I'm not, you know, some guy who can break down the mechanics of uh, a pitcher or a hitter very well. But if even I can see that he's out of whack, that like there was overthrowing, that his release point was inconsistent. If I can tell, then, oh, my word, it it was a mess. And so, um, again, like I said, it doesn't really worry me in terms of any kind of long term stuff. It's more just a matter of. Uh, well, I mean, it's a reminder that even as that first start, you can come up and you see all the the beauty in what this pitcher can do. Uh, it's never going to be a straight line. It just isn't. And that, uh, you know, we got swiftly reminded of that by Keegan Thompson's recent mechanical struggles in the rotation. Um, even, you know, Justin Steele has had some ups and downs. And so even someone like Killian, who's billed more as like a true starting pitching prospect who is, you know... <laughs> I say this with quotes, you know, who is guaranteed to be part of the rotation for years to come. That's just never a guarantee. You know, it just isn't something that you can count on. And so you just hope, like I said, that being up and with the big league team and part of this, um, you know, rotation for a little while because the guys are going to be out and he's going to have this runway. And then after the trade deadline, probably again, uh, you just hope that there's there's benefit there. Uh, anything else you want to add Mr. Mooney? No, I think we we just about wrapped it up there. You know, we'll see uh, see what happens today uh, at Wrigley Field. Joe, I looked at Joe Musgrove's <laughs> record in ERA, and it was uh, quite robust. Here's here's the good news, Mooney. He's a free agent after this season, so we get to say, "Hey, Cubs, go get Joe Musgrove." I was thinking of Sean Mania as a guy to go talk to a uh, local guy, a relatively local guy. Um, Padres have a bunch of guys uh, coming up to free agency and, you know, who knows, maybe you, you Darvish uh, could come back at some point too when he is a free agent, do like a farewell tour uh, at Wrigley Field. as a good, good little gesture towards Cubs fans. Yeah, maybe let that one go a little better than the last uh, reunion right, tour of the Cubs, tour of the Cubs <laughs> Uh, all right. So thank you folks. This is on to Waveland. It's Cubs podcast here at the athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Patrick Mooney. Get his at the athletic. And, uh, I hope you all have a great, safe and fun weekend. And we'll be back at you early next week. Take care. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.